0: And I'm going to welcome up Alex, who's going to bring our reading, which is from Psalm 1. should be on the screen. So, And then I'll introduce our speaker.
1: The reading is from Psalm 1, starting at the first verse. Blessed are those who do not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, But who delight in the law of the Lord and meditate on his law day and night. They are like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will be destroyed. Uh, Here ends the lesson. Uh, Thanks be to God.
0: Why not? Both of them. Um, Guys, it's August um, and uh, as I mentioned at the start, Kirsty and I, we go on a little holiday uh, later this afternoon. So we're going to be away for the next couple of weeks. Um, But August is a great chance for us to hear from other voices within the church family, within the community. Uh, And I'm delighted that our preacher today is Sophie O'Regan. So would you please give a very warm welcome to Sophie? She comes up. I'm just going to ask... I'm going to ask Sophie a couple of questions, just to sort of um, warm up and get to know her a bit. But Sophie uh, runs, oversees our children's work. By the way, there's no kids groups today. Although there is a creche. creche. If you've got a little one, you can go uh, take that little one in there. But Sophie, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about us? Firstly, um, I think you're married to this guy here. I
2: am. Wonderful, Matthew. Um, We got married actually in the middle of COVID two years ago, same as you. Um, so, yeah, we um, got married in September 2020 and um, after taking a, an extended honeymoon, um, found ourselves in Notting Hill uh, last April. Um, and then we, we actually looked out of our window looking for a church. I'm like, oh, there's a bright yellow one over there, let's try that. Um, so, we <laughs> <laughs> walked in and a year and a half later we're still here, so you're doing a good job. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I'm not
0: really responsible for the building, but thank you. We'll, keep, we'll make sure it stays painted yellow. <laughs> um and so what do you do in the day is there a day job
2: uh yeah i am a primary teacher so i am on some holidays at the moment which is just lovely but i um i teach year three so that's seven and eight year old boys smaller than me which is better (laughs) better than the bigger ones um yeah and i love it so it's a a really um yeah a great career it's such a precious job to have so i really enjoy it
0: brilliant and is there a favorite hobby that you love to get up to or perhaps that you and matt like to do together
2: favorite hobby matt says i can't sit still we do a lot of exercise a lot of running around and swimming cycling and things we had a lake swim yesterday actually morning yesterday morning which was lovely nice and nice and warm
0: <laughs> amazing and uh, have you preached before
2: i haven't this is my debut <laughs>
0: <laughs> amazing well look we're going to pray for sophie now That the Holy Spirit uh, helps her uh, in what she's about to do. Lord, thank you so much um, for Sophie and Matt, Lord. Thank you that they looked out and saw the bright yellow church beacon, Lord, on a hill. Um, And that you drew them here. And thank you for the blessing they've both been. And we ask now, Lord, that you would just rest on Sophie afresh by your Holy Spirit. Lord, would you fill her? Thank you for what she's prepared. Thank you for the words you've given her. The understanding and insight into the scriptures. And We just ask that you would speak to us through her today. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.
2: Amen. Wonderful. Um, thanks, Pat. And uh, if I haven't met you yet, um, I would love the privilege, so please do come and say hello at the end of the service. Um, so yes, today we are kicking off our Psalm series, and um, there's going to be a variety of speakers during the month of August. So I'm very lucky to be number one. No comparison. No, I'm joking. Um, (laughs) So we're going to kick off with Psalm 1. And um, it's interesting that the very first word of the Psalms is blessed. Blessed is the one. So we're going to consider today what it is we want from our life. Psalm 1 is all about how we can lead a life under God's blessing. And it considers what the path to a blessed life actually looks like. Um, I've spent the last week or so really studying this verse and praying about it and I felt prompted that there were three kind of main questions that God wants us to look at as we look through the verse. So let's jump right in with question one. So number one, are we wise with our company? Are we wise with our company? The psalmist kicks off by prompting the question of who it is that we spend our time with. And we're all extremely social people, aren't we? As humans, much of our experiences are rooted in our communication with others. I'm sure this weekend you can think of hundreds of conversations you've had. Maybe you've been to uh, netball or had a coffee catch-up or um, you've opened lots of different WhatsApp groups or um, yeah, you've, you've just had a lot of time with friends and family. Or even if you haven't, if this is your first communication with others uh, this weekend, I'm sure that you've had uh, thoughts about other people or conversations you're going to have or have had already. We're constantly in some kind of interaction, even if this isn't actually verbal. And I read recently it's 90% of our communication isn't verbal, which is extortionate, it's a huge amount. And it's when we find ourselves in new or ambiguous or strange situations that sometimes we can look to others to find out what that correct behaviour is, how we should be behaving. Um, For example, um, sometimes if if you're driving, you might turn onto a new road and you haven't seen a speed limit sign, so you mimic the car speed around you. Or um, if you've been on holiday or been to a new place this summer, you might have looked around to those to find out what the correct custom is, what you need to be doing. And this becomes even more likely if we're the only one in that group that isn't sure. And when this happens, it can be easy to mimic or even conform to a behavior we wouldn't naturally do. The pressure we can feel to conform can easily sway our judgment. So in verse one here, the psalmist warns us about this by reminding us not to conform to the ways of the wicked, the wicked being those who disregard truth. The sinners people who are choosing not to follow the truth. And of course, we know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus tells us here as well, oh, skipped a page, there we go, to not spend time with the mockers, and that's those who make fun of the truth. And what I found particularly interesting, if you look at the words that are used, there's progression from walking to standing to sitting. Can you see that? So if you're walking, Walking around, it's easier to move away from what it is that has an incorrect opinion. If you're standing, you've now found yourself motionless, surrounded by, or stood still. You then have to make that conscious decision to get moving again. And that requires a little bit more effort than if you're walking and just changing direction. But finally, if you're sitting still, you're entrenched now. No one likes to get up from something that's really comfy. You're surrounded by something and you found yourself still. It requires a lot more effort to get moving. So if we constantly place ourselves amongst those who are choosing to mock or to sin against the truth, there's this hardening that takes place that makes it harder for us to get up and move away. It makes it easier to remain in that company the longer that we're there. By walking with and then standing with and then sitting with an untruthful presence, we can easily find ourselves conforming to those ways without necessarily even realizing that's what we're doing. We were told in Romans 12 it says in verse 2 do not conform to the patterns of this world even if in those patterns are indeed very comfortable so you might be thinking to yourself but Soph how are we going to reach out to people who don't know the gospel if we're saying don't surround ourselves with those who are against the truth but if you look carefully that's not what it says there's a difference between reaching out to those who are living in an ungodly way and walking in step with them okay We know Jesus himself spent plenty of time with people that were not following his ways. He actually sought them out, didn't he? But he was never in step with them. So think about who you're surrounded by already. God knows exactly who's in your life. He knows where you are in your university or your job. He knows where you're living, who your neighbors are. He knows what sport teams you're a part of. And he has us there on purpose. He has us there because we are on mission we are reaching out for him. And we're called to reach out to those who aren't following that truth, those who might be mocking the truth or sinning against it, but we must never compromise our truth ourselves. As we follow Jesus, he leads us into these circles where we can be the salt and light to others. And we're commissioned there. uh, Sorry, we're commissioned to reach out, not called to conform in those scenarios. Commissioned to reach out, not called to conform. And to be able to do this, it's so important that we're surrounded by those who have wise company. Our base must be solidified in the truth. Proverb 13.20 tells us that the one who walks with the wise becomes wise themselves. So let's consider, are we wise with our company? Where are your truest friendships? Where's your base that you come back to when you need that guidance? Okay, that was question one. So question two. Second one, how do we spend our time? So the psalmist then goes on to tell us how we can ensure that we're not following these untruthful ways or conforming to sinful ways. And that's through immersing ourselves in the word of God. It says to meditate, to meditate day and night, to have a constant topping up of God's word. Well, I had a look at um, a census that was done in the UK as to how the average person spends their time. It was very interesting <laughs> um, and I wonder, I wonder if you know any, if you can guess any of these. Um, the average person spends how long commuting? Do you think? Might be too long for audience, too early for audience participation. Any ideas? <laughs> Spot on, Pat. <laughs> an hour and a half a day, about an hour and a half commuting, uh, assuming that you are going to the office. That is. Not taking an hour and a half to get out of your (laughs) pyjamas. 25 minutes, on average, talking to friends and family. 24 minutes a day, exercising. You can see some people think that's way too much. Some people think it's not enough. (laughs) This one, 40 minutes a day, drinking and making tea. 40 minutes. Matt said that was nowhere near enough for me, so um, (laughs) perhaps it's a bit longer. And I wonder how long you think you spend on non-work-related screen time. Perhaps on your phone. Anyone have any ideas? Non-work-related screen time. One hour, two hours, four hours, five hours There's a mix. The average person in the UK spends three hours and 23 minutes every day on their screen for non-work-related time three hours 23 minutes and I wonder what it actually is when we're flicking through this what are we infiltrating our minds with what are we really learning from Instagram from TikTok from whatever it happens to be that pops up on your phone whatever you're watching on the TV but it says here in Psalm 1 we are called to meditate on to wait and consider to fill our minds with his word So often we're used to instant gratification, aren't we? If we want something to eat, we'll just order it from Deliveroo. It'll be there in 15 minutes. If we want to get to the other side of London, we'll just call an Uber, be there in half an hour. If we want something that we haven't got, we'll just log on to Amazon. It'll be there this evening, maybe tomorrow. And I wonder, perhaps we are reading the Bible without then listening what he has to say to us, because we're so used to being immediately fulfilled, immediately getting our answers. God is always speaking always and we're told in psalm 19 that his word is more precious than gold it's certainly something that's worth waiting for let's not miss out on opportunities to hear how he directly wants to breathe life into his word for our specific scenario that we're facing our specific worries our specific heartaches and i wonder what it is what advice what guidance what godly insight we're missing out on because we're closing our bibles too soon So let's ask ourselves, are we saturating our minds with the world, the worldly things, or with the Word of God? With the world, or with the Word? So that leads me to question three Are we rooted in God? Are we rooted in Him? We move on to look at verses three to five, which then explains what will happen to both the righteous and the wicked. Those who are rooted in the truth. And those who aren't. So I'm just going to reread that bit um, together. So it says, That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. So the image we're given here is of a uh, picture of what our life can look like. We, re- we read that we can be like a well-rooted tree, or we can be like the chaff, and that's the little grain on the top of a corn of weed. I had to look that up myself. And this will simply blow away in the wind. The tree's roots there are close to their life source. They have a constant stream of what it is that it needs to survive, of what it needs to bear fruit. And of course, for, that, for us, that's God. In John 7, Jesus describes this living water as the Holy Spirit, as God living within us. And surely that is what we want. Surely that's why we want to be living with God always, to be constantly connected to him. That's what we're striving for, isn't it? And it's important to remember here that this amazing life source, this constant stream, it doesn't exempt us from difficulties that life will throw our way. I haven't always been a Christian myself and I remember before I came to know Jesus I used to look at these happy families walking in and out of church and think hmm okay brilliant once you become a Christian that's box ticks for all of those things that you want in life all of those fulfilling things that's going that's going to happen and that does happen in the person of Jesus but it doesn't exempt us from living in a world where things are broken Matt and I actually went to uh, Focus last weekend, and um, one quote that stood out with me was uh, a man called John Tyson. He stood up and said, The favour of God doesn't guarantee favours from God. The favour of God doesn't guarantee favours from God. So it doesn't mean that we're not going to face economic difficulty, it doesn't mean that we're not going to face ill health or problems with relationships or any manner of things that could come our way. And it does, doesn't it? I know, having been on the flip side of looking in a church that it's not always easy but it's not that we don't face them it's how we choose to respond when we do if we follow the ways of God if we're connected to our life source constantly our constant stream of living water we will not wither in these times we bear good fruit and we'll prosper even if it is the most difficult circumstance we are facing Perhaps that might look like being able to point back to God with whatever it is that comes our way, knowing that he has a plan that's greater than we can ever realise. So we don't see the full picture, do we? I had a look at um, the different types of trees. (laughs) Some interesting research I did for this. Um, (laughs) And even in Australia, in a bushfire, if a tree is planted right next to a source of water, a constant stream, even if it's burnt all the way down to literally like maybe the shrub that comes out of the bottom, and you'd look at it and think, it's dead, it's gone, that's it. If its roots are connected back into that stream, that plant not only grows back to what it was, but it can grow back to a higher height, it can grow back stronger. And I wonder, do we feel like that today? Do you feel burnt down to that little bit? I don't know what you've faced, but if you are connected to your life source, God is always with you and whatever you do will prosper. But then in verse four, we see if we're not rooted, if we follow sin rather than following the truth ourselves, we'll just blow away. It's not surprising, is it, that without being connected to that constant stream to God, then we would fall short. And let's remember that all of us are in the same boat. Following Jesus doesn't make you a better person. We're not better. It's the simple truth that we found the saviour, that will then allow us to stand in his assembly. That's our grace, isn't it? Our saving grace. We all fall short of the glory of God. All of us do. But when we're rooted in Christ, we know that there is a rescue plan. We know that we are saved by what he did for us at the cross. By being rooted in him, having those long, solid roots connected to that constant stream, we know one day we will be with God forever, face to face in his assembly. So as we come to the end of this passage, let's consider those three questions once more. Are we wise with our company? Do we have a solid base for which we can be commissioned? How do we spend our time? Are we saturating ourselves with the word or with things of the world? And lastly, are we rooted in the Lord? Are we connected to that constant stream that no matter what comes our way, we will prosper in his name? Amen. Amen. Thank you. I think Pat's going to lead us in some. Oh!